Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.Jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.Jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group, and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. Today, I have a special guest who has been a listener of Dating with Herpes podcast and is now a member of Dating with Herpes on Facebook. After messaging one another in the group, we both thought it would be a great idea to have a chat about the male perspective of having the virus. So welcome, Scott, to DWH, the podcast. Introduce yourself to the people. Good afternoon, or it's afternoon right now, but hello, everyone. <laughs> Scott, nice to nice to formally meet you all. All right, so we're just going to have like a discussion between just friends, right? This is not going to be a formal, you know, interview, but I want you to kind of tell me a little bit about when you were diagnosed. How long have you been diagnosed with herpes? Sure, so I actually found out um, July of 2020. Uh, I actually found out whew, a couple weeks before my birthday. Okay. Um, and it, was, it was really, really difficult. I mean, it's still been really difficult because mm-hmm. it's only been, you know, less than a year. Yeah, so it's still fresh. Still trying to kind of go through the motions and really understand uh, what the situation is and kind of what I've gotten myself into mm-hmm. um, and, and how to navigate the situation. Because from my perspective, I'm a, you know, mid to late male in my 30s single with no kids so you know people look at you and the automatic question is what's wrong with you Mm. um well now (laughs) now there is a what's wrong with me Mm. um and it's been a very difficult thing to kind of decipher um i'm sure we'll get into it later but i just had my first uh reveal to somebody last week Mm. uh which was very interesting um she took it very well but it's a struggle and it's, you know, dating, if we take this whole situation out of context, 
and take it out of the situation and, and leave dating in general as a whole. Dating is very difficult to begin with. And then right. You're basically just kind of putting a cherry on top of the situation, which uh, not everybody likes cherries. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you're dealing with right now. Yeah. I get, you, you touched on something. I get that question very often. Keep in mind, I've had this virus since I was in my 20s and now I'm 40. So people ask me all the time, like, why don't you have kids? And I'm like, well, in my mind, I'm saying like, well, I haven't had very many opportunities because I'm always using protection for one and, you know, like trying to protect my partner. So, and then I haven't been in a long-term relationship to where it's like, okay, we feel comfortable enough not to have unprotected sex. So that's in my mind, I can't tell them that because I don't want to, especially to family members, I don't want to disclose to them what I, you know, have. But yeah, that's that's been difficult. I think that's the and most can, difficult thing I, for me. And I can tell you that just to kind of not to get too graphic into the situation, but even when I got it, I'm ninety nine percent sure the person I got it from I was using protection. Really? Um, which is which really hurts. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and the reason I think that is because when I went to the first doctor, um, they swore up and down this is what it was. They said up and down, oh yeah, you have herpes. Um, the test came back negative. Mm-hmm. So I was really confused at that point. Um, so about a week or two later, I went to my primary. And my primary was like, no, <laughs> I don't know who told you that, but you're okay. Wow. Not even 24 hours later, he calls me. And he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but it's not. It is what, I, it is what you were told it was. And my heart just sunk. Wow. Um, because, you know, I'm not proud to admit but everybody has a past. Mm-hmm. Uh, my past is fairly checkered. Um, and I've been in therapy for going over, it's been over three years now. Um, I started going, to, I was engaged at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I broke, when we broke off the engagement, I started going to therapy to try to fix myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really difficult during that time because I still have not told my therapist at this point oh, wow. um, about the situation, which obviously makes it a little more difficult because I'm kind of hiding it from people. But mm-hmm. it's really difficult in the fact of when I thought I was doing the right thing, but I guess really the only right thing to do at this point, if you really want to protect yourself, is to be celibate. So I right. do want people to understand, especially from a man's perspective, I need my, my fellow gentlemen out there to understand that just because you're using protection doesn't mean you're protected. Right. There's always that chance that something can happen. Right. That's very true. And I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, did you know that your partner had it when you were engaging in sex with her? No. You did not. Did she know? No. Did you later confront her about it? I didn't. Um, I don't 100% know um, who if it was from this person or not. Okay. Um, and the reason I say that is, um, you know, I've spoken to different females um, who I've met in the past, you know, nine months who have had the situation. And a common theme I seem to hear is that men don't know that they had it. Mm-hmm. And it's not for lack of being tested for some reason. I don't know if this is something scientific behind it, that it doesn't seem to show up in men as much or as quickly possibly as it does women. So when I've spoken to different women, they said, well, so-and-so didn't know they had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they found out, you know, later on after the female got it. Now, I personally um, would go get checked twice a year. Mm-hmm. I would have a routine every January, July, I would go get checked. Um, and I had never had the issue. So I don't know 
So I didn't really feel it worthy enough to confront the person because at some point, I hate to say it, but it's water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not somebody that I was going to continue to further a relationship with. So why open Pandora's box was my feeling. Okay. Um, the damage is already done. And I just kind of felt like at some point, it's a closed chapter. It is what it is. And there's no point in, in dwelling on the situation because it's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. I've done enough of that. And me going back to her is kind of like having trying to have closure to a conversation or closure to a relationship when you're just not always going to be afforded that opportunity, nor will you always need that opportunity for closure. And people have to understand that, that closure is not for everybody. Right. Closure is not for every situation. So, you know, at some point you have to chalk up your losses and say, hey, look, it's a loss. It's a mistake. And, you know, it's something that now I have to live with. How do I um, how do I adjust moving forward? Right. I've said this in a couple of episodes where the biggest thing for me was because I didn't have closure either. Like I had closure because I was dating this person, but it wasn't it didn't feel like closure because I felt like he was able to just move on and live his life while I was still stuck dealing with this virus. But what what happened for me, what what helped me to move forward was I had to forgive myself because I was beating myself up so bad, like. Why did I not wear a condom? Why did I sleep with this person? Like my life would have been so much better. Like I was doing all of this like self-hatred to myself, like really beating myself up. And it was once I was able to forgive myself for that mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake, but now I have to move on. Then that's when I began to see my future a little brighter. You know what I'm saying? Like I was able to feel more confident about who I was, that I was more than just this virus. And I was able to see the possibilities of being happy and, you know, moving on. And you do have to give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's easy for me to say to you that, but I, I haven't given myself quite the break yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't forgiven myself because the circumstances was, was totally unnecessary. Um, I didn't need to be there. I didn't need to be sleeping with this person. I just, I didn't, there was no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, before, when we first, when I first approached you about having this conversation, um, you know, I kind of thought to myself, it's like a drug addict who had a relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need to be there. I didn't need to be in that situation. So there was really no forgiveness for me. For me, it was, okay, you know, you made it this far. You're single with no kids. And, you know, on paper, I look pretty good <laughs> um, until you put, <laughs> until you add this. And then you kind of, you know, it's like when you're writing with a pen, you really can't, you can't erase the pen. You just kind of scribble over. And that's kind of what I feel like. Mm-hmm. That there's, a, there's a scribble mark on my grade now. I had an A, but it, yeah, I could have been an A plus, but now I'm like a B or B minus. And I'm still struggling with that. Um, you know, even with therapy, it's still very difficult because of my, because of my past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at one point I was a dog. Um, there's no denying it. Um, and I worked really, really hard to get out of that stage. Um, and this is not one that happened because this happened. Um, and I was a dog years before I got engaged, um, where I was just running around doing whatever, not thinking before I acted. Um, and you know, it was really kind of like my mom would say, you stuck your hand in the cookie jar too many times. Mm. Um, you know, I stuck my hand in the cookie jar and I got, I, the cookie monster bit me that last time. Um, and it's been, it's been really difficult to kind of forgive yourself, but it's definitely 
really important for people to understand that you know like you say it doesn't just doesn't define who you are right um you know like i said i recently had a reveal and as i was telling um this person this female you know i kind of got off on a tangent about how you know it doesn't define me because if you look at me on paper i have everything else going for me i have a career Mm -hmm. i'm educated i have a house i have all these things that are going for me it's just now I have this other thing that I have to deal with, and now I have to tell you right. because you don't deal with it. Um, and it was difficult because, you know, and for me, when I told this person, I basically did what they call in sales. I dropped the anchor. Mm-hmm. I threw out there something as hard as I could to let the anchor drop as far as I could. So that way, when I did reveal my situation that this person understood, or this person might have thought it was going to be worse than it was. Okay. Um, but I still haven't been able to, even after that, I, I couldn't forgive myself for the situation. It's just, you just have to, I have, I'm having to adjust moving forward and, and how I move differently now. Right. And that's the big thing. It's just, it's just a different way of living. Like you have to adapt to the new way, your new lifestyle. It's not like your life is over. It's just that you have to adapt to, you know, now you have to disclose. Now you have to be cautious and, and it sucks, but I mean, what can we do at this point? <laughs> you know, what can we do? And I don't want to be cautious, you know, and I think that's the really difficult part for me from a sexual perspective mm-hmm. is that I don't want to be cautious uh, when I'm with somebody. If I'm going to be with somebody at this point and, and we're going to be together, um, I don't want there to be any barriers. I understand that there's certain things that people aren't going to be comfortable with, but, you know, Finding a relationship is difficult enough, but I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like I have to hold back. Well, when um, I say we cautious, when I say cautious, I mean like I like if I'm having an outbreak, like I have outbreaks. Um, some people can go through the rest of their lives. Like I have a friend who's lucky enough that she's only had one outbreak, her initial outbreak, and she hasn't had one since. Unfortunate for me, I have outbreaks. So if I'm having an outbreak, I know I can't have sex. Or if I'm feeling a tingle, I know I can't have sex. So that's what I mean by cautious. Yeah, and you still have to be cautious, you know, understandably so, even with people who are in your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had recently met somebody, um, and it was just happened to be my time to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we went there, I said, look, here it is. You know, she wanted to too, but I said, look, here it is, because you just don't know. Um, I have a friend who, somebody I became friends with that I met before this situation, um, and I found out that this person has something else. Um, and this person was on a regular dating site. They didn't say anything about it. We were hanging out. You know, we didn't go there. But I ended up finding out through my friendship with her that she had something something else that she wasn't disclosing. So it's, it's very, very difficult um, for people out there. People really need to be careful. And men, probably more than women, tend to be a little more reckless yeah. um, about the situation. And, you know, like I said earlier, just because you're using protection doesn't, it's not foolproof. Right. Your only foolproof situation is to be celibate. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> not yeah, me. I mean, people have needs, you know, and, right. and I understand that it's difficult. Um, and, and people have needs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know, you know, many people listening probably aren't familiar with Publix, but I always give the analogy to a public sub, and if you're not familiar with Publix, Publix look like the best subs in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. So can, yeah, <laughs> it's all about the bread. 
So I always give the analogy for a public sub, and, and my analogy goes as that, you know, when you want to have sex with somebody, you really want to have sex with somebody you care about. Well, it's just like when you want food. You have two options for food, just like you have two options for sex. You have sex where you, where you really care about somebody, and it's intimate, and it's great, and it fulfills all your needs. Or you can go for the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Um, which is going to leave you empty in the short and the long term. And I always compare it to eating a public sub. I always tell people if you're really hungry and you really want something good and something that's going to be fulfilling, you have to wait. You know, mm. Publix, I can't just I can't just walk in and order a sub. There's probably a line. Um, you know, there's other factors that are going into it that are making you wait mm. instead of just jumping off to the nearest subway because there's one on every corner and I could just get that quick fix. Right. And I tell people that's what you have to that's what you have to think about sex like. Compare sex to like your favorite food. You know, if it's a hamburger and you really want that hamburger from that one place, but you know it's going to take a little bit longer, it's going to cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to be a little more patient, or you could run off and jump off to McDonald's because there's a McDonald's on every corner. But in in a half hour, you're going to be hungry, or you're not going to be feeling good. Right. So, are you willing to are you willing to wait? And I think that's something that people have to understand. You have to be willing to wait until it's right. Right. To really go there with somebody. Man. It's difficult, you know, I think, um, you know, for me, um, having been in therapy for over three na- three years now and being very open about my therapy journey with people, um, I've realized that, you know, sex is, especially I think as you get older, you know, me and you are about within two or three years of each other age-wise, so mm. I think as you get older, you know, you definitely, sex has a different value to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was engaged at one point, and either that was the best sex of my life. Wow. Um, you know, we had a great—I mean, when we weren't fighting, because we fought a lot, and it was just—it was extremely toxic to that point. But when we weren't fighting, we were having this this amazing uh, mental and emotional conversations until one in the morning. I mean, it made the sex phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, because you know, we were on a deeper level, and it goes back to the sub. Subway is not a subway's not a deeper level. Mm. Subway subway's very like just get my quick fix and keep it moving. It's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't wanna look back and be like, Oh man, I got herpes because, you know, five minutes for somebody. I mean the first person that told me that they had herpes and this was oh my god, fifteen years ago, I'll never forget what he told me. It was a buddy of mine in college and he was like, Oh, I got herpes and I was like, What? Mm. I was in shock. I was like, I don't know anybody who has that. I had heard of people that might have had it, but I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it was a one-night deal. You know, we were college, college kids. We were working at, like, Lowe's and Home Depot, and he met this girl, and he looked up, and he says, yeah, one night, I got it for him. Wow. And it's like, damn, like, you you got that for one night, and now what? And now you're, and now you're, and I'm in the same situation, because now I'm like, well, now I'm left with what? Mm-hmm. You know, but, and, and, but you want something more. Because as you get older, it's different. It's a yeah. different vibe. It's a different element that it that it brings to the table. And I understand your your need for attention and your want for attention. Um, I'm a Leo, so for me, I, <laughs> I want attention. If I'm in a relationship, I want attention. Right. I want affection. I mean, listen, you got to have your own life, and I got to have my own life. You got to do your own thing. But yeah, it's, it's your craving this want. And I think with men, you know, when men do kind of flip the script on you. It's very different because women are like, wait, what is he yeah, it's- Or is there something wrong with him? Or maybe does he have something he's not telling me? Right. But I, I think women have to understand, too, that men, certain men 
are going to be much more cautious because of what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those same men will be less cautious because they just they won't care. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll just be like, well, you know, I've been through it, and it is what it is. But yeah, it's very difficult um, to find to find a counterbalance of, of timing, and I don't really think there's a, a timetable for it. Um, my parents were married after three months. They've been married for thirty-two wow. years. Um, you know, my mother, my dad, you know, took me in, and you know, he had an instant family after three months, and and that's great. And mm-hmm. my mother was my age, but I don't think it's like that anymore. So, but I also think too, you can't put a timetable on things. If yeah. you feel like you, if you like you met somebody a week ago and that's your soulmate, and you're sure. Because you know you get to a certain age and you look back and you're like, well, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've been with this person, I've known that person. And you start looking at all these different people and you start analyzing. And then you say, you could say this is the one. And after a week, hey, if it's the one, it's the one. But right. there is something to be said for giving it some amount of time before you jump into that situation because sex just totally changes, changes the game. Changes it, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so when... We discussed a little bit um, on the Dating with Herpes Facebook group about how it's perceived differently for a man to have herpes trying to date versus a woman having herpes trying to date. I remember a guy told me once, and we was and we met in um, what is that single positive positive singles or something like that. Yeah, we we met on there, and we became friends. We didn't date or anything. We just you know became friends. And he was just saying that it's easier if you're a good looking woman for a man to accept that you have herpes and willing to date you versus being a man who's positive with herpes trying to date. Do you, do you feel that's a true statement? hundred percent. Um, you know, I was thinking about this cause me and you had gotten to a little bit of a back and forth dialogue before we did this and, and that had come up and I had thought to myself, well, how do I really answer that question correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, and give you a real perspective. And I think the perspective that I came at it from is that right or wrong, women have more options than men. Um, women are approached all the time mm-hmm. by men. Um, and I'm not saying it's always proper or it's always the right man, but women have much more opportunities than men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of what it comes down to is just you don't hear about women going to approach a man. You know, if I'm out at the grocery store, women aren't approaching me like, oh, you know, I'm at the beat counter or something. A woman's like, oh, hey, look at that piece of steak. It starts talking about how it works. Uh-huh. You know, I can look over at a woman and say, oh, are you waiting for something? And I can strike up a conversation. It's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're not, because women don't generally approach men, um, there is that extra factor of, okay, well, now I have potentially less options because I'm not approached mm-hmm. and not only not being approached, but let's face the reality of the situation. Women, because they have more options, they have the ability to be more choosy. Right. I agree with that. So what I found with women is, is that, and especially where I live uh, specifically is that if you're not perfect, well, I can go find somebody else better than you. You know, it's the shiny toy syndrome. It's, there's always somebody better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always somebody who can offer me something better or offer me something different. And now all of a sudden I'm coming to you and I have this stigmatism. Okay, now I've heard these. And now I'm sitting here and I have to tell you that. Well, I could be, you know, six feet tall, 
college educated, have a career, have a house, have investments. I could have all these things. And on paper, you're like, wow, it's a great guy. And mm-hmm. then I go up to her and I say, well, I have herpes. Mm-hmm. And then the bomb just drops. Right. She just forgot everything you told her. All the positives, yeah. Everything you just told her. You could give her a hundred positives and you could have one negative. And that negative, she just drops you. Because guess what? There's five other guys in the DM. There's five other guys on her Facebook. There's five other guys at the grocery store. Okay, now you got 15 guys all of a sudden waiting for me, and I'm going to deal with you? Yeah. Why, why do I need to deal with you? There's 15 other guys waiting for me that I don't have the situation. Okay, yeah, they might have much money, or, yeah, they, I, can fix, I can fix those things. Mm-hmm. But you, I can't fix your situation. Your situation is what it is. So I have to choose do I take it or leave it. And when you have options, what do you do? You continue to explore those options because maybe there's something better. Right. Maybe I don't need to settle for you. And I find that to be very difficult. You know, like I was saying, I just had my first reveal uh, last week. You know, it was by text message because me and the person were going back and forth through text. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this person is, I think she's 41. Um, and she's, you know, she's the type of person, she's in love with being in love. Mm. And I know that about her. So I knew that. Not only because she's older and she has a child, but she's in love with being in love. So she's there's more of a maturity factor to her that I knew she wouldn't take it as bad as somebody who, say, maybe 10 years younger, doesn't have a kid, you know, and they have all these criteria mm-hmm. for a man. And I think, again, if we take herpes out of the situation, there's just so much more criteria for a man um, and what he brings to the table versus, you know, what a what a woman does and how we look at a woman because a man could say, well, you know, I just want to be loved. I just want a good woman. Uh, she doesn't, you know, I'm not asking her to cook or clean or, you know, do all these other things that maybe somebody would have required or, or wanted, you know, 50, 60 years ago. I'm just looking for a best. I'm looking for my best friend. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm not here to, I'm not here to be your parent. I'm here to be your partner. Right. You know, let, let's be equal. But I think when the shoe is on the other foot, you know, a lot of times women want all these things that a man has to be. And, you know, you have to be all these things. And then on top of all, I have to tell you, I have herpes now. Yeah. It makes it very, very difficult. to, And that's why I think men have become so jaded mm-hmm. and become this way and do these different things and do these things that aren't positive for themselves because they don't they don't know what else to do right and you know i've been i was engaged um and i've been single for three and a half years now and i've had this situation for i don't know nine months and and it's difficult um you know i know that you were you were on a post you know discussing you know the the reveal i told myself i wouldn't date anybody without herpes oh really um yeah i i'm all positive singles i don't want to date anybody without it I don't want to have to go through this disclosure. I don't want to have to go through this situation. I, I already know that to a point I'm damaged. Mm. I have da- I'm damaged goods. I mean, because I already have a past that I'm dealing with in therapy that, you know, I've mostly overcome, but now I have this whole other situation. So it's like, now you want me to go into the real world and start to just explain to people, hey, not only am I in therapy, because they're, bam, there's stigma number one, but now I have herpes. Now I got now I got two strikes against me. Forget, like I said earlier, forget about all the other positives about me. I have two big strikes against me already. But Scott, I don't want you to see yourself as damaged. And I don't know if this will come with time 
And I hear what you're saying. It's, it's easier for women and, you know, men have to jump through so many hoops to get acceptance from a woman. And now you have this additional hoop. But I don't want you to feel like, oh, I just have to settle because I'm damaged. I know it may seem easier to just go to a site where everyone understands what you're going through. But to limit yourself, I don't want you to feel that you have to do that. Right now, that's where I'm most comfortable. Yeah, I understand. Um, it's going to take it, some it, time. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a preference situation mm. at this point. Um, you know, I think there will be a point in time where if – I think there's a certain point in time where I will decide that if I haven't met somebody that maybe it's time to expand in the realm. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet just from a personal situation because – Obviously, I have other situations going on, like we talked about before we got on the call. You know, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm potentially trying to move. Um, so that could open up a whole other set of Pandora's box that I'm just not really ready to deal with. Um, and start and to start revealing to somebody if I don't know if I'm going to be in the same area, you know, long term is a little bit of a, a, adds a layer of difficulty yeah. on top of the situation. But yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. I don't think people necessarily should limit themselves, but I also think from a male perspective, you know, it is much more difficult to sit here and be like, oh, hey, you know, by the way, I have this situation and it's really not that bad. It's a skin disease. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's only herpes. And then, and then watch their reaction. I mean, it, it's difficult for a man. And I think men, I have a buddy of mine I was talking to last week and I said, you know, I told him, I said, don't bear the burden. And I feel like a lot of this, what it, this is what it comes down to is men bear the burden. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of the relationship and now you're going into it a rela- you're trying to go into a relationship and you're trying to be the man and you're trying to own all these things and now you have this layer of vulnerability that you have to lay out to somebody it's very difficult until you're sure and it kind of goes back to the timing issue that you were talking about your situation you have to be sure and comfortable mm-hmm. that you're ready to go into that situation with somebody because you don't know you know men i think react differently men on a generalization, tend more to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hope the listeners though they, they they compartmentalize their feelings. Um, you know, and I'm more open about my feelings because just I was raised by old women, so I was used to emotions okay. and, and feelings and hugs and kisses and touching. I'm used to all that stuff, um, but I notice a lot of my friends aren't like that. Yeah. They hold it all in and they and they bottle it in until it just becomes too late. And I think, you know, that's part of the situation with men is when do I reveal? How do I reveal yeah. to somebody? Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it adds this layer of stress on top of already trying to be the man. You yeah. Know, I, because when I'm in a relationship, I have to be the man. That's what you want. You want me to be the man. Yeah. I get that. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of pressure. Um. And then you have this added thing, like you said, the cherry on top. <laughs> so I, I get it. And like I said, told the guy who brought this subject up about how it was harder for men, I never considered it. I always thought men had it so much easier. Like, I, I honestly did. I felt like, you know, they don't have to deal with this. You know, now, you know, they just go from one person to the next. Because that's how I viewed it because of my experience. Like, the guy who gave it to me, he was living the rest of his life, and now I'm stuck with having to deal with, you know, am I going to have children? Am I going to find someone who accepts me? And I felt like you guys had it so much easier. But when he explained it to me, it it helped me to see you as men in a completely different light. 
and the complete men are, men are afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, they see it as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always that added layer of difficulty of finding somebody you're comfortable with. And, you know, it's funny when people say, oh, you should always date somebody that you're comfortable with. You shouldn't date anybody you're not comfortable with. Well, yeah, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do you know when you're really comfortable with somebody? How how long does that take? There's no timetable. Right. There's no time frame. There's not a chart that says, hey, in one month, you should be comfortable with somebody. It doesn't work like that. Um, so it's a matter of getting the man to the point where he's comfortable enough to say it. But again, going backwards again, hey, what if we're dating for a month and you're ready to have sex and I haven't told you and now what? Mm-hmm. You know, is it okay to tell you? Is it not? You know, you really have to be, you really have to be a good judge of character. And I think, you know, with men, they rather just brush it off, you know, strap one on and say, hey, let's just, you know, act like it didn't happen. Right. And, um, you know, and that's easy to do, but, you know, I have a guilt factor. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't do that to somebody because my guilt factor would just be, I, somebody did that to me. Why do I want to do that right. to somebody else? Right. Uh, we, I think as a society, too, we've become less caring about each other's feelings. Um, and we really need to have a better grasp of how each other feels and be more understanding to each other to allow us to get to this point where we can have these type of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a conscience. That's what you have, as, as well as I do. Because believe it or not, when I um, was first diagnosed and I told my friends about it and I was expressing to them just what you're talking about, how it's difficult, how it's going to be difficult for me to date because when I'm, when am I going to feel comfortable to tell them like when it's going to be the right time? I'd struggled with that for a long time and they was just like, don't tell them, don't tell them. They don't need to know that's your business. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like if the guy who gave it to me had told me, I would have felt so much better about this situation. Like I would have, I would have been able to make the decision of whether I wanted to be with him or not. But he didn't give me that decision. So why would I want to do that to somebody else? You know, I want the person. And I heard somebody say that before. Well, oh, he was so nice that he told you. He was so nice. There's nothing nice about what he did. That's the right thing. That's the right thing to do. Exactly. I mean, the right thing to do, and, and this is so awesome in life, right? Like the right thing to do, is a lot of times the most difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to understand that, listen, you, you, you're dancing with the devil at that point. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a big believer in karma. And I right. think karma's going to come back to get you. Uh, you know, whoever gave it to me, I, karma's going to come back and get that person. I'll, I'll let that, I'll let karma. And that's why I didn't deal with that situation. Because mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to let karma deal with that situation. It's not, I, I have to move on. You know, I have to be better. I have to be bigger and stronger and a better person than the other person was to me because I didn't deserve that and nor do I feel it's okay to not tell somebody. Right. How, do you, how, how do you not tell somebody? What what kind of conscience do you have right. to go to at, at night and sleep with yourself and put your head to bed at night and say, I didn't tell this person. It's just not okay. You'd rather just tell them because look, at some point they're going to find out and I think my biggest fear with dating somebody without her is is really the reflective factor. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've come to realize is that for me, it's not the telling you part because, listen, if you don't want to date me, that's your problem. Right. Um, you know, I have my life together. I know, and this is going to come off really conceited, I know that I'm a good catch. Mm-hmm. I know that outside of this situation, 
I have my life together, but this situation makes it just different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I should be able to tell you that, and I want to tell you that because I don't want to look back and you have resentment for me. Right. Because that's the worst thing that can happen is you're in a relationship and five years down the line. You know, you see it all the time when people get married and they have kids and, you know, the kid grows up and the kid's 18 and then the wife or the husband says, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had resentment for all these years. And you were just waiting for an opportunity. never dealt with <laughs> yeah. it. And, you know, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just tell somebody off the rip. And, I, and I'm different, too, because I'd rather tell somebody off the rip. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we went out once or twice. I'd rather you know, because I don't want to get my feelings involved. That's exactly want, right. Yeah. I don't want to get hurt. I'd rather just tell you off the rip and let you make a decision. Because you know what? If you're really for me, it's a skinny deal. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So is that what we're really, I mean, you really, and I tell the people all the time, I said, have you ever had chicken box? You ever had ringworm? Mm-hmm. You know, do you know people that? I mean, it's it's not hurt. Those you know are, people have yeah. eczema. Yeah, like I mean, there's these are skin conditions. I mean, this this is what this is what we're discussing right now with the skin condition, mm-hmm. and it's just so much emphasis placed on something so minuscule in the in the greater scheme of life. Yeah, we're talking we're talking about a pimple. Basically, <laughs> I mean, like, right? That's what we we're, we're having. We're sitting here having this whole discussion. And that's how I describe it too. Like when people, like when I'm telling people, I describe it as it's just a pimple down there. Just like if you would have a pimple on your face and it becomes sensitive because it's inflamed, that's the same sensation I have down there. It's nothing more, nothing less. Now it's contagious. I'm not going to, you know, make it sound like it's not, but you know, that's what it feels like. And it's funny when I told this person last week, that I had it, I said to her, I said, look, I said, just understand something. I said, if you're going to be with me, there's a good chance you, you're probably going to get it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it goes back to dropping the anchor. I'd rather let that anchor sink all the way to the bottom and let them figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to throw out every worst case scenario and let you figure it out because you know what? I don't want you to come to me one day and be like, oh, well, you know, you gave it to me. No, no you yeah. knew. I told you. You know the I told risk. You what the situation yeah. was. I told you how I felt about it, and I'm not type person like I've had two outbreaks. Um, I had the first one right when I found out, and then I had a second one which is much shorter. And I've been really good since. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you know, I don't know that just because I'm not having an outbreak doesn't mean you're not going to get it. Right. So I want you to understand that you know there's a high probability that you're probably going to get it. Um, but understand that it's not, it, it's a stigma. And that's mm-hmm. really what we're That's doing. what like, it if is. You're gonna choose, yeah. If you're going to choose not to be with me because of a stigma, I mean, listen, I already have a stigma. I deal with it. It's therapy. And I'm very open. That's one thing I am very open about. You know, nobody knows about the therapy situation. But with therapy, I'm very open about it because I have to start to break down the barriers of what you see as a negative and it's not really a negative it's mm-hmm. just it's a situation and we all have situations because i don't know any of us who are perfect so if you want to be with me and you're willing to deal with it it's going to be worth it for you in the end because i'm going to make it worth it for you mm-hmm. i'm going to be the best man for uh husband partner father whatever i can be to you but you have to be able to get past such a simple thing right and I, it's just, it's difficult, and that's why men struggle, because I think from my perspective, I see it as a very simple thing. Yeah. But 
to somebody who doesn't have it. And listen, I was very ignorant and I was very shallow before this whole situation. I was going to ask you, um, what were your, your, um, what, how did you react? Well, not even how did you react, but what was your perception of it prior to being diagnosed? Oh my God, you have it. <laughs> that was my, that was my first reaction when somebody first told me mm-hmm. like, Holy, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like your life is over. Um, and now it's really, it's been very introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very introspective for the past three and a half years, really trying to figure out what led to the downfall of my, my last relationship. Um, and it's just made me think on a deeper level and made me realize that, hey, look, everybody's got a situation. Um, I know a girl who I, who I was interested in me who has a, some sort of autoimmune disease. It's not an, it's not an STD, but it's auto, an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person's in the hospital quite often, and I didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you that when I found out I had herpes, I was like, you are the biggest scumbag. Oh, no. And I felt so shallow because of the situation that I I passed up on somebody who potentially was a fake girl. Mm. But I wasn't willing to deal with it. I wasn't willing to deal with the health issue. And now that I'm now that the shoe's on my foot, I have to think to myself, okay, well look at what you look at how you look at somebody else. And how do you expect people to look at you now? So a lot of this has become educating myself and this is how i stumbled upon your podcast is you know um having been a journalism major in college and been very um you know involved in media you know i was looking for some sort of outlet mm-hmm. some sort of opportunity for me to bridge with other people that understood my situation and um you know it's been very educational for me and while i don't tell anybody about my situation i'm sure there are some people in my life who have a clue because i've tried to be more educational with other people on the things that they do and their behaviors mm-hmm. moving forward because just because, like I said, you just because you're, you think you're protected doesn't really mean that you are. Right. So it's definitely been an eye-opening experience, but it's also made me realize that, you know, there's so much more to somebody than just what you see on the surface. Level. Right. Very true. And you have to, if you really want to be in a relationship, and this is something that people have to really determine, if you really want to be in a relationship, what are you willing to and not willing to deal with? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's certain health issues I can understand that people don't want to deal with. Um, but this situation to me is, is minuscule in the grand scheme of how it affects our daily lives because we're really not affected on a, on a daily basis right. by this whole situation outside of your mentality that you might carry around with you. Yeah. Do you ever think that the stigma will be lessened? Like, one of the things I posted... Um, on the Dating with Herpes Facebook group was a video of when Usher um, was accused of having herpes. Do you ever think, like, say, for instance, if a celebrity came out or if, or if there was an advocacy um, that was more on display that this virus will be, as far as the stigma is concerned, will be lessened? No. You don't think so? No, I don't. Um, I mean, you look at... You know, Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Derek Jeter, you know, now is part owner of Florida Marlins. I mean, you know, famous New York Yankee. He has it. Look at all the women that he's been with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jessica Biel. Um, what's that other girl's name? I have a 
I really pretty girl. I can't think of her name. But he's still with all these celebrity actresses, and he has it. Uh, Mariah, I believe Mariah Carey might be on our list too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's quite a few individuals who have it, and they're not willing to speak about it. But I think even if they will, were willing to speak about it, I don't think you're going to see people's minds change because I saw, you know, one of the posts was, "How do you react when you see people joke about it on social media?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't the one necessarily to throw that joke out there all the time, but when I see it now, it kind of it kind of stings a little bit. People look at you like, you know, you're dirty. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that that's ever going to change because it's not, we're not to the point where we have a vaccine or we have a cure. Um, And people just assume that just because you got it, you're you're dirty. Right. Um, You know, like I I told your listeners and I've said a couple of times, you know, I was using protection when I'm pretty sure the person who gave it to me. You know, especially on the location that it was, mm-hmm. there's no way I wasn't using protection because it wouldn't look that that's why the doctor originally thought that it wasn't the second doctor was like it's not it because there's no way it got on that location. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're using protection. So I don't think that stigma is ever gonna go away. I think people are always gonna carry it. People are gonna say, Well, yeah, you're dirty and you know, you made these decisions and it, it's really unfortunate because it, yeah. it holds people you're basically putting people in a box and yeah. you're basically saying, well, you're separate from the rest of society because you made this decision. Well, it's not always everybody. I mean, yeah, we all make decisions in life and we all make mistakes and we all have choices, but you can only protect yourself from so many things. It's like, you know, when we were kids growing up, you know, we used to play in dirt. Kids right now don't play in dirt. Right. They, don't get, they don't get germs. They don't get yeah. dirt. And it's like, well, what are you supposed to live your life in a box? You know, you can't live in your life in a, but you can't walk around in a bubble for the rest of your life. But, you know, you're going to carry that with you. It's just a matter of, and I think that's why I was so willing to and wanted to come on with you and have this discussion is because there are people out there who aren't as brave as you and willing to put yourself out there like that. But people have to understand you're not, I always tell people you're not alone. Yeah. When I discuss my therapy journey, I always say, I always end it with you're not alone. You know, if you feel like you need somebody to talk to me, please reach out to me. Because it, it's going to carry, it's always going to carry the stigma. It's never going to change. Yeah. And it's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. It's my hope that, you know, the reason why I started this and the reason why I did the Facebook group is because people were emailing me so much about, you know, how it was so difficult for them to get past and how they were you know, they were afraid of disclosing and what people were going to say. And I'm just like, do you guys not know that it's so many people out here like you? Like this virus is one in five, one in five people have it, but people are not talking about it. So that's why I was like, I'm hoping that there's going to be a time where I don't know if it's going to be in my lifetime, but I'm hoping that there's going to be a time where this virus, the stigma is lessened. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like so many people are dealing with it, but they're not talking about it. So that's why I wanted to create these platforms to let people know that you're not alone. As alone as you feel, and I believe me, I felt that way for a long time, but we're not alone. And so we need to talk about it. We need to make it normalized. And I'm going to do my part to to get to that point to, so that we can get to that point, you know? Is there any... I'm sorry, go ahead. I appreciate it. And, you know, one thing I'll add to that is that, you know, when I went to both doctors, because I went to two doctors, um, 
they both told me. Um, I mean, I had to, I was just during COVID, so I had the mask on when I went to the first doctor. And there was a lady, and obviously where I got it, I could show her because it wasn't on my, it wasn't on my bracket. So I mm-hmm. showed her, and she was, and I think with the mask on, she saw my face drop. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me, and she said, it's going to be okay. I'll never forget, she said, it's going to be okay. And she said, it's a lot more common than you would realize. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the second doctor, and he repeats this, and he, and he we're on the phone, and he's telling me the results, and he says to me, Listen, man, this is a hell of a lot more common than you think it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, wow, like, really? Obviously, uh, you, you're looking for any bit of solace in the situation. Mm-hmm. You're looking for any out to be like, okay, it's not just me. It's not just me. But it's not just you. It's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just my buddy who told me 15 years ago. There's a lot of us out there. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of us. And it always makes me kind of wonder when I've dated people in the past, you know, that we started to get close and they would pull away. It makes me wonder, like, what was that? This, yeah, maybe this that person problem, right? And and they didn't want to tell me, and and that's why I started off with being so open about my therapy. Was that for me, therapy was a little bit of an easier out um, for me to go sit here and make videos and put them on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, and, and share that because um, you know it just. It didn't feel as difficult as this feels. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels much more difficult, but I do hope that we get to a point where people understand that there's so many of us. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who just don't know. I mean, I'm on PS and I see the stories of, you know, people who say, well, I had no idea until I got a blood test. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but we really need to continue to, to further these conversations. Yeah. And it's not just for... It's not just for one sex, it's for both sexes. It's for male and for females. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's so many men out here that are struggling, um, like me, that don't know where to go. And I would be lying if I said I didn't have some really dark thoughts mm-hmm. um, when I first found out. I mean, I'm not the type of person, I'm not the happiest individual in the world. I've never been, but I'm not the type of person who's like, I want to end my life. Yeah, I've been there. There was, there. A, couple, there was a couple times where I yeah i've been there and i think we all because it's it's such a stigmatized thing and we think that our lives are never going to be the same we're never going to be happy that those thoughts come up you know but on the other side of it i'm here to testify that it gets better it really does like a lot of people that email me they're just like you know distraught and i have to keep telling them and it can sound cliche and it can sound you know like oh you're just saying it but it gets better with time it's just going to take time you have to just like fight through those those thoughts that you know that it's not going to get any better and that your life is over it gets better i'm here to testify and and somebody out there i think for all the single people and and it's really easy for me to sit here and say it um because i'm single too and listen i'm on ps and if you go on there and you see me don't be surprised (laughs) i'm on there (laughs) like it is what it is right uh but it does get better it does get better. I remember the first person who um, I met on PS, very, very nice girl. Um, and she just, she shot me a text message with all these links. And she's like, hey, you're not alone. Here's all these links. Here's all these different groups. Um, mm. And it was very encouraging. You know, I was like, wow. Like, okay, life isn't over. And, you know, I realized that, you know, when you're single, you just, especially when you get to my age, you know, late thirties, you're just like, oh, now I'm never gonna find anybody. Now I gotta move. Like if I can't find anybody here, and it's mm. just, 
all these different thoughts, but somebody would love you. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic. Or a Me hopeless too. Romantic. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, I look at it like, okay, somebody out there is going to love me. Somebody out there is going to be like, you know what? And, and people have to keep their heads up. Like, yeah. Somebody out there is going to love them. It's just, we have to stop looking for perfection. Yeah. You know, especially in dating, we're always looking at, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of it, so I don't want to hear anybody, you know, people like, oh, he's on his high horse. I'm not on my high horse. I get it. Um, you know, but we're all out there looking for perfection, and we have to understand that once we get past the point of realizing that not everybody's perfect, and we're willing to accept somebody for what they bring to the table, that these little minor issues that come and go, um, these things are going to fade over time. But when you look back at your life and you're 70 or 80, and you say, "Wow, you know, I I took the risk and I spent my life with this person and I loved them," mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be so much more worth it in the end. Yeah. Um, and that person's gonna that person's gonna come through and that person's gonna love you. Um, they're not gonna worry about the situation. And if they get it, hey, they just have to you just have to you you have to understand that the person that you're with, you have to know that person. Yeah. And you have to make sure that that person's gonna be okay if they get it. Yeah. You know, because I, I, anybody I'm gonna date who doesn't have it, I'm gonna tell them, look, it's the risk. It. Yeah. And if it's something that you're gonna resent me for in thirty years and you think that's a slight possibility, let's just keep it moving. Because I, I don't want to do this if you don't already have it. Yeah. Yeah, well, Scott, I really appreciate you doing this. Like I said, 25% of my listeners are male listeners, but you're the only guy, <laughs> the lone on, fellas, ranger. Don't leave me hanging out here by myself. The lone ranger in our Facebook group. So I hope that, you know, you sharing your story will help to inspire them. Um, get them to come on and share their two cents in the group as well. But yeah, I really appreciate you um, doing this. Any last words you want to leave the people with? Yeah, um, well, I appreciate you having me and I appreciate your time. And um, anybody who's on Facebook group um, that feels like they they want, uh, need a male opinion or want a male opinion, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. I'm not going to quite give out my Instagram, but you can go on Facebook, and it's my real Facebook page, my real name. Uh, I'm not on here hiding it. Um, so if anybody has anything, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always here to, to have a discussion with you or to guide you in any way I can, whether it be from a, you know, a, a herpes situation or you're having situations at home or you need, or you don't know where to start when it comes to seeing a therapist. You know, my door is open, always open for everybody, and I, I want that to continue to be because I feel like, you know, we're, we should be out here to really help each other and for us. Um, there's just so many bigger things in life and I hope that, you know, everybody finds love and everybody finds true happiness. All right. I want to thank Scott again for joining me on this episode of dating with herpes. It was such a pleasure doing the interview with him and getting the male perspective of having the virus. I think he did an awesome job with just describing how it is for men just for that. We can get a better understanding for one as women. And for our male listeners, who's 25% of my listening audience, to see that they're not alone in in this um, journey as well. Um, If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me by um, emailing me at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. That is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. Or you can join us at our Facebook community, DWH Facebook group community which is a private, private group 
Um, to join me there, you can actually go to my Facebook profile page that I made just specifically for this group. Um, <laughs> it's facebook.com forward slash Yahira, Y-A-H-I-R-A dot Jones, J-O-N-E-S dot one. That's the number one, not the word. Once you get to that page, you can actually send me a message saying that you are a DWH listener and you would like to join the group. I will send you an invitation to be a friend first. Once you accept our friend request, (laughs) then I'll be able to invite you to join the group. Our group is growing every day. I'm so happy to see that people are now, you know, starting to create dialogues for themselves to add their own, you know, little personal messages here posting on there. And I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm seeing there. So I hope you join us. Well, until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.